0: There are certain people in this world that accomplish great feats due to a thirst that never gets quenched and a motor that keeps running regardless of the obstacles. My guest today was an army ranger, is currently in special forces, and has put himself through many difficult challenges and keeps coming out on top. He understands how to complete difficult missions and recognizes that the race in life is only against himself. Today we talk about a few of his accomplishments, how to prepare for something difficult, recovering from failure, and tips for succeeding. Enjoy the show
1: what's up buddy yo how's it going sebastian thanks for having me on it's uh it's an honor to be here
0: yeah thanks for being here going to talk about mental toughness this is going to be a good episode i'm very excited about it thank you man i'm excited to try to show up mel man (laughs) mel did a fantastic job and so yep i hope you could do something similar absolutely all right. So you have accomplished a lot in your military career so far. You've been on for just about 11 years now, right? I think at the anniversary, just came up. Mm-hmm. Yep. You've been to airborne school, been to Ranger Battalion, Special Forces. You've been on a handful of deployments. You got your Ranger tab, your scuba bubble. You competed in the best Ranger and you finished, which is a very big deal. You went through more schools and tons more competitions, some military and some not. You're a guy with a motor that does not shut off. I want to know what the secret ingredient is, man. Let's try and help some people out, and maybe you can share some advice to benefit the lives of others.
1: Yeah, awesome. Uh, I think the biggest one that you forgot out there in uh, the school section was air assault. That's uh, 11 hardest days in the Army right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: my bad, dude. I should have put that one first, huh?
1: Yeah, you should
0: have, man. I know that Best Ranger competition was a lifetime goal for you also known as BRC. First, what got you into that event?
1: Absolutely. My uncle had recorded the 2006 Best Ranger on I think it was ESPN and I watched it and I was just like that's awesome. Watching those winners raise those pistols at the end was amazing. So I told my parents for my birthday for the next year. I was already an older teenager, but I wanted to go across country to watch the competition in real life as a spectator. And I remember the guys going on the field that year were just giants amongst men. So I watched it. I remember just being like, that is so cool. Those dudes with that small little piece of cloth on their left shoulder. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. That competition just meant a lot to me. I knew My my father had already gone through ranger school. So I think that was kind of just a byproduct of the competition. And when I had joined up, I was afforded the opportunity at one point. It was kind of a down cycle. We really weren't doing much, and uh, my leadership 100% supported it. I was able to train up and compete with another teammate of mine. Yeah, we went out there and did what we could.
0: So what exactly is Best Ranger? What do you have to do, and how long is it?
1: I don't have all the stats in front of me, but I will give you just from my perspective what we did that year. It's about a weekend long. You start on a Friday morning, and it goes all day Friday, all day Saturday, and you end sometime around Sunday afternoon. It's just nonstop. The faster you finish, the faster you get to sleep. But if uh, you're kind of lagging behind on a few events, then you may be not getting too much sleep that night. I started out with my year with a lot of running, a lot of rucking, a lot of obstacle courses, a lot of shooting, a lot of just what we would call ranger stakes. How to set up a poncho raft or how to throw a hand grenade or how to rock climb up a wall and then rappel down as fast as you can and then go to a myriad of other towers and climb up a caving ladder and fast rope down to first responder, like saving a patient and stuff along those lines.
0: There's a lot of tasks involved in this and it's about three days. How long did it take you
1: to train for this? Months. (laughs) My partner and I would wake up early in the morning around like five or six, depending on what type of workout was scheduled for the day and whatever tasks we were going to do after our workout in the morning. We would then go to some form of group of guys that really knew specific stuff, and they would just help us out. So medical guys would help us along with the medical stuff, and commo guys would help us out with the communication stuff or the radios that we were probably going to be messing around with during that competition. And we would just immerse ourselves into that competition.
0: The group of people that you went with, as you were telling me before, they are extremely fit. And you were humbled in a couple events where you're like, wow, these dudes are animals. The fact that you finished is a big deal because of the time cutoffs. So how did it feel finishing, knowing that you're amongst these elite athletes?
1: It was extremely humbling, to say the least, competing with those guys. And like I said, when I went to go watch them, The guys that I watched on those fields were just giants amongst men. And then when I went to go compete, I did not feel that I deserved to be with those guys. And then when I saw myself and my partner at the very end of that competition, it was, yeah, humbling to say that I was able to finish and compete with those guys. Multiple winners who had already competed a bunch of competitions prior. And then here's my partner and I just coming on in and hoping for the best. And we were able to have a good year that year. But do I wish I would have done better? Absolutely. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But it was good. You know, those are some amazing guys. And I was even able to compete with one of the guys who I had actually seen the year I went to go watch. And it was incredible actually go up and talk to him and say, hey, man, it was actually because of you. I'm actually here right now. And I even reached out on a social media page to another winner and let him know that, hey, I remember watching you on ESPN. You're kind of the reason that I'm where I'm at now. So everything kind of goes full circle. He reached back out to me and thanked me for uh, letting him know that stuff.
0: That's really cool, man, meeting the guys that you looked up to. and, And then you're competing with one of them. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so it was a little intimidating, to say the least. Trying to throw some dirt in his face just to get ahead of him. Yeah, or just, you know, scramble his gun around on the night weapons assembly. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Is BRC the reason why you wanted to become an Army Ranger? So I would definitely say there was a few reasons why Army Ranger. I knew before joining when I was a young kid, when I would join the military, I wanted to do something elite, whether it be the naval form of special operations, Air Force form of special operations, but something made me want to go special ops. I talked to all the recruiters. They all kind of led their own speeches, but then when I came to the Army, they had told me about Rangers, which like I said, my dad, he was in Ranger Battalion back in the 80s, earned his tab there, and then got out, went another route in the military for other things. My brother had then joined, so I knew kind of... Rangers were probably going to be where I was going to start. It was a phenomenal place to start, to say the least. But I would like to say, you know, when I was looking at all those recruiters, I was trying to find the best fit for myself, not what my family had done or was doing. And when I originally joined... The recruiter's like, yeah, I can get you this option 40, which is at at the time a ranger contract with all this money as a young kid could ever want. I was like, okay, this is perfect. This is what I want to do. But then for all the listeners who are probably going to go to military entering processing station, there's other recruiters there that actually do all the paperwork. And when I went there, the recruiter there had said, oh, I can't give you that. So I remember the exact reasons. And I was like, okay. Then I'm not joining. And I just remember he was like, okay, then have a seat in the lobby and your recruiter will be here shortly. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And I already finished the, the ASVAB to get in. So you have to take a written test to see where your aptitude was at. And I already took the physical and all that. And I was waiting out in the lobby and the recruiter came, like, looked back out of the, his office and had a phone in his hand it was like, hey, when can you leave? I said, right now. He was like, can you leave in two weeks? I was like, depends. 11, Bravo, you know, option 40, and all the money, you know, an 18 year old kid could have. And he was like, I can give you 11X. So it's just a generic one of those two with option 40 Ranger, like a $10,000 bonus, something like that. I was like, all right, cool. I'll do that. Went back in. I was like, show me where it says everything. And I was 18. So I was super young and cocky. And he was like, all right, this is where it says 11X option 40 with this much money. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And he's like, and you leave in 11 days or 13 days or something. It was like just shy of two weeks. So I was just, sweet, signed. The rest was history. But the reason I say that is for the next generation of guys who's coming in, if you don't feel comfortable with what you want, don't do it. But obviously, it worked out well for me.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I think that recruiters don't do it intentionally. I know they play a game, and they understand how, because a lot of guys go in there, girls that are 17, 18, they don't really know what to expect, and they don't read through every single word that they give, because there's tons of paperwork that's thrown at you. But I know it's not intentional. The guys are not just trying to screw people over. However, do be careful and know what you're getting into, right? Just like you did, just say no, until you get what you want, because... Don't join somewhere and then regret it. And then the next four
1: or six years suck. What's the point of that? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
0: All right. So with your long list of accomplishments, there must have been some failures that have come and gone. What have you gone through and how would you recover from that?
1: (sighs) Yeah, uh, I've encountered many failures. I did not get my tab my first time I went to ranger school. Young love. That's a big one. And uh, not finishing college. You name it. Failures. They happen to everyone. We've all had them, whether or not they were you failed a school or failed an exam or just, hey, you're not being as successful as you would want in life as of right now. You know, it's always going to be prevalent in this world. Ways to Recover is a good support chain, whether it's friends, family, someone who's just able to pick you back up and keep moving forward for myself it was a lot of everything to include knowing hey i can either stay down or i can just keep moving forward because life is still going on that clock is still ticking you only have one life and it's really short so might as well make it count right Absolutely. And in some cases, it's too short. And for some people, it's too long. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: So you said a good support system and then having some established goals would be a good way to recover so that you're not focusing on your failure or whatever happened and you're looking towards the future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What I would see as a long-term strategy, if you don't have long-term goals, then your short, what I would call like tactical failures are going to compile over time. You know, we're all going to have tactical failures. We're all going to have tactical wins. But... Having a strategical goal that you're always striving for and always pushing for, I think that is key. So always in the back of your mind, know what are you looking for. So you can have these failures along the way, but then making sure that in the future, though, I need to accomplish these tasks to accomplish that end state.
0: It's a good strategy to live by, and it can get you through anything. Your first run through Ranger School didn't go so hot, and then you went over to the big army, correct? Yeah. So from the big army, at what point did you realize that this wasn't satisfying? And then why did you choose to attend SFAS?
1: I got to the organization that I was currently with when I went from Ranger Battalion to the big army. Nothing against that organization. It was just, I knew it wasn't for me. I couldn't really describe it. It was just something that it didn't mesh for myself. You know, jokingly around, I can say that the best leaders in the military are the Best retention officers, and yet the worst leaders in the military are the best recruiting officers. <laughs> Slurs. I was there for maybe two months in that organization, and I was like, this is not for me. We came back from a field training exercise in another state, so we flew back. And as soon as a plane touched down, I got in my truck, went to special forces recruiting office on our base, and I drove straight there. I didn't know anything about special forces. Nothing. Not a single thing. I watched the movie green berets with john wayne and i think i saw the movie rambo and i was like anything is better than here i walked in and he told me everything about what the organization does and special forces and i was like yeah this is something i would like to try out for i didn't really know exactly what they did i want to preface that part i asked him like when is the next you know selection date was and he's like a mid-year day I was like all right cool can i you know start pursuing that route he then told me absolutely put me in as soon as i walked out no sooner i walked right back in i was like when is your next school date and he was like two or three weeks i was like put me in he was like i can't like you don't understand me like i can't do that and you know it too man like the school's NCOIC, like he can't just put you in for that like stuff that fast and i was like what do i need to do to go to that class he's like you'd have to do a physical an apft a few other exams i don't remember i was like i can do those by tomorrow and he was like i don't think you can (laughs) i uh begged him pretty much and i think at that point he kind of saw that i was like desperate i don't know (laughs) and he was like all right you know what you want to do this Come here tomorrow morning and we'll do the PT test. And You can let me see if you can do a physical in 24 hours. Pretty much came back the next morning. I passed the PT test. That's let's say the least. And uh, did the physical all throughout the day. A few exams. He was pretty impressed. He was like, yeah, I'm putting you in. You can attend. Uh, there was like, I think a guy that just dropped out and he could make it or something from another recruiting office. You yeah, know, I went that route. I uh, remember I didn't even have time to train up because I was like, well, I don't want to train too hard now because then I'm going to possibly gonna get injured. So I just ran and swam because there was a guy in my platoon back then who was a really good swimmer. He was like, oh, just do this swim and, you know, just let's just swim a lot more. I did ruck one time in preparation for SFAS. And I remember I went for a ruck. You just throw a bag on your back and you just walk. And this car pulled up alongside me. It was like early in the morning. He's like, hey, where's your reflector belt, which is synonymous with the military. And I was like, uh, I don't have it. And he was just so baffled at the fact I didn't have this. And, and I remember in my mind, I was like, this is motivation right here of why I cannot work in this environment right now. Like, I just can't do this. <laughs> Granted, the guy was probably looking out for my safety, but it's not for everyone. So I just couldn't do it. And I went to SFAS. I would absolutely say change my perspective on the world. And it was what I wanted to do. No questions asked. And the guys at lead selection there, they were amazing ambassadors for that organization. And I knew that was where I belonged. That's awesome. I mean, you've been there for quite some time now.
0: Mm -hmm. So Special Forces, also known as SF, after your time of being there and experiencing deployments and training cycles, describe some positives and negatives that come with having your green brick.
1: Yeah, there's uh, definitely a lot of pros and cons. Uh, I would say the pros far outweigh the cons. The pros are the amount of time that I'm able to spend with my wife and my family here. The liberties that they give you, they give you just as much rope to hang yourself. A lot of maturity that they bestow upon you I have been given a lot of immense responsibilities at a young rank to where I currently am right now at, that I never thought would have been possible with you know my job title or description and yet they are just like nope you we'll give you as much responsibilities as you can handle probably and then more but if you mess this up along the way you'll be the one paying for it ultimately I enjoy that a lot the negatives you know grass is always greener on the other side i think there are negatives but None that I have right at this moment. I love where I work. It sounds like SF,
0: it's a lot more of the big boy rules. I know if coming from Ranger Battalion, it was more do what you're told you're going to get in trouble. In SF, you have a lot more liberty to think on your own and they want people
1: to be self-sufficient. Yeah, absolutely. And the aspects of my job is you can think outside the box way more. When you and I were in Ranger Battalion, it was very much by the book which is what they are amazing at and that's why that organization thrives so well you give this young 20-year-old team leader five new 18-year-old privates and he will accomplish every task and by the book by the standard and that is what makes that organization amazing special force i think it's just a little different you know they're looking more for just an older senior more well educated more diverse backgrounds they're just Different thinkers, I think, is the best way to describe that. You can pull from more backgrounds to get a different outcome. It's not better. It's just it's now a different outcome.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have a different purpose. Rangers are just going to go destroy some stuff. And special forces are trying to build up armies so they can go fight for us.
1: Absolutely. Without getting into the specifics, I have actually worked alongside Rangers again in my work capacity. And I loved seeing that platoon. These guys were just... A bunch of meat-eating, barrel-chested, just badasses. And I was like, man, those guys are freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And it was just a different aspect seeing it from my outside. It was awesome to see that.
0: Yeah, very cool. Both are essential, and that's why they have two separate units for it, to do different jobs. It's just the type of personality that you have that you'd want to go try out for one group or another.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of friends of mine that I've spoken with who were either x-rays or came from the 82nd or other amazing regular army organizations, you know, have all said it not to myself or about myself, but other amazing Rangers who came from 75th over to the quote unquote dark side. And, you know, these guys just thrive. That's what Ranger Battalion is amazing at breeding, a culture of just guys that can accomplish tasks and get amazing results. Sometimes with more of the sledgehammer than the scalpel, but (laughs) <laughs> I think a majority of the times it's more with the sledgehammer than the scalpel. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> or the Gustav than the, uh, the 22. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right when you
0: got selected for SF, you got your Green Beret, you saw a sergeant major and you're like, I want to go to SCUBA.
1: It's considered one of the most difficult schools in the military. Why would you choose to attend that? I would actually have to backtrack a little more where you and I started. There was a few guys who also had their combat diver's badge, and those guys who represented that badge were just athletic specimens. You and I had to do these events when you and I were younger. There were physical fitness exams that were like the three-day ones. You had to like run, do the caving ladder all in uniform, and there was one guy who I was like, he just destroyed this event, and he also had his dive badge. I was like, man, that thing is badass. Who is this guy? I went down to the school later on. That guy was actually one of my instructors, and I was like, wow, this is awesome that Again, everything kind of went full circle for myself, which was pretty cool. While going through the Q course, everyone talks about like what team they want to go to, because Special Forces comprises of many teams. And everyone's like, "I don't want to go to a dive team. They're the hard ones. You have to go through CDQC. You have to swim for X amount of hours." Whatever people say, you know, when they go through schools and don't know anything about the event, you know, the exaggeration. And I was like, "No, that's actually that sounds something like I want to try out for." And I did. So as soon as I showed up to my company after earning my Green Beret, I told my sergeant major, I was like, I want to go to a dive team. He was like, absolutely. So he sent me straight there, which ultimately sent me straight to dive school. It's an amazing course. If you're in and you can fulfill that capacity of going, I would highly recommend going because it'll definitely test you. And you'll just test yourself. That's all it that matters is learning of what you're capable of doing and uh, what your physical limitations are. There's another course where you will absolutely be knock down and however you want to deal with it. if you want to go ring the bell or if you want to just keep on running or keep on treading water or I think that it'll be a lot more fun if you didn't know about it until you go there and you'll see all about it or watch uh Surviving the Cut <laughs> Scuba School is not a joke right absolutely not now I went there and what I would like to think was decent shape and here I am getting shown up by guys who are in far better shape than i was in and they are just crushing the swims crushing the runs every physical exam i was like wow these are my peers now and these are what i have to maintain to be on par with these guys the standard goes up oh yeah you know you're no longer dealing with you know just the basic standards of things and you are now dealing with guys who are well above a 300 on their pt test and that's now the that's now the standard or now, granted, they don't, they don't change the physical standards once you get there. Like, oh, 300, that's what one guy got. No, it's, everyone has to maintain just the bare minimum standards. But unless you want to deal with the ridicule of what your peers would have to say, which I think is far worse than some failures. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You got your scuba bubble, and you've been on a dive team, and
0: then you went to a marine competition for swimmers, correct? Mm-hmm. How did you get there since you're from the Army? What was the actual competition? And the most important question, were Marines
1: the best swimmers? A few trips ago, I was overseas, and a good friend of mine had reached out and said, hey, there's a uh, there's a competition coming up here shortly. Would you want to represent it with me? But it's a, a Marine challenge. And I was like, yeah, you know, that sounds kind of interesting. I would definitely be interested in looking into this. The biggest thing was we had to raise a certain amount of money for uh, charity of, of our choosing. We were able to raise the required amount in order to compete. You know, we went down there, and the first event was a swim, which we, we were definitely did pretty well. We were uh, the first out of the water on that one and uh, definitely lagged a little more behind on the running. There was another event for, like, pool competency and another run and then another, like, uh, workout of the day pretty much. You know, we did pretty well overall. We got a, a pedestal victory and a... Uh, free gun in the end, so I think that was a pretty good win. Not first place, not first place, but it was a it was a good competition and actually I think the Marines that, that did go out and compete that, that year were amazing ambassadors for their organization and they definitely did not let themselves down, but ultimately, like I said earlier about the money that we had raised, went to a good charity that gives back to Not only my community, but, you know, the community as a whole. And uh, you had to do that competition in honor of a fallen service member. My uh, partner that year for that competition, the fallen gentleman, had served on our team as a uh, team sergeant. So I think ultimately that's what you do those competitions for is make sure that those names don't fade away, that they are always remembered and always honored.
0: Yeah, right on, man. That gives a lot of motivation and good reason to do
1: any event. Absolutely, yeah.
0: So that sounds like a very satisfying challenge that you did with the Marines. And then BRC, I mean, three days of that afterwards, you must have felt extremely fulfilled and proud of yourself for the accomplishments that you achieved. And then Ranger School, Airborne, Air Assault, as you mentioned before, (laughs) which is a very difficult course. Would you say that the military offers everything to satisfy the quench of challenges
1: and is enough to fulfill you as a whole? Yeah, no questions asked. Yes. But I would also caveat that these experiences may vary. I think the military has offered myself every opportunity and challenge that I've wanted, which far exceeded anything I thought could have ever been possible. These competitions and challenges are just avenues for my adventure, pretty much. And so what I may find as fun during those times in my life, for other kids coming in, may not enjoy that stuff. To answer your question, everything I've wanted to do so far, I've been able to accomplish, thankfully.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome, man. It sounds just like this thirst that you have for it. It's about self-mastery. You're trying to see how far you can push yourself and what you can understand about yourself when you go through these events. And every time you complete something, you're never satisfied. You're like, all right, next one. What's, what's bigger? What's the next mountain I can climb? What keeps you so hungry? How are you never satisfied? How do you not finish BRC and say, okay, I'm good. I'm just gonna go
1: back to my job, focus on that. And then that's it. There was actually a quote I remember reading from way back in the day, and actually I re-engaged that quote today just for sake of speaking with you today. A philosopher named Thucydides who said, We should remember that one man is much the same as another, and that he is best who is trained in the severest school. These are things, I enjoy these competitions, these schools, because we're all the same. What sets us apart is the guys that are, you know, in Ranger Battalion, who every Ranger, in order to be an E5 and above, you know, has to go to Ranger School. And that's just a school. In Ranger Battalion, that is just a school. But to the rest of the military, that is, like, revered as, like, the apex where you want to be. Everything we do should always be, we're all the same. Not one man is better than another, you know, these schools help assist us seeing light from a different perspective or seeing the world from a different view so you can better serve in society, I guess.
0: Awesome. So when you do something difficult, how do you approach the task? Where's your mind at each moment so that you don't get overwhelmed by trying to take on too much, especially when you have a three-day event or just something that's extremely demanding?
1: I'll speak then just about Best Ranger only because I kind of take a lot of the approaches that I did for Best Ranger and I, Try to use a lot of those things the same way. Before Best Ranger, like I said, I prepared and trained for that event months prior to. So left of Bang was just training after training after training after training. And it was just fine tuning those little small things. I just completely immersed myself into that competition for that moment. I was very fortunate that my partner had shared a lot of similarities uh, when it came to our training on that. Then once the actual competition came down to it, is we stuck with the strategy. We didn't waver left or right, which I wish I would've changed a few things, but hey, that's hindsight being 2020, as I said. But knowing what I know now, I wish I could've changed a few things, but we stuck with the strategy. Hey, let's not waver a few things. A lot of things I do now, I write things down so I can have a strategy for my end state. Like, hey, I want to do this, I'm gonna write this down so I don't falter. Know the plan, so when you're becoming overwhelmed, almost at points of, let's say, BRC on the initial run, your heart rate is going probably one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty BPM. You're just you're so in the moment, but you have to like talk yourself down, like, "Hey, I need to have a little more tactical patience in order to gain a strategical win," if that makes sense. And I think that goes for a lot of things. Like right now, I'm uh, working on college, and yeah, you know, there's a lot of things. I'm oh man, I just want to do this, 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 this. And then I have to remind myself, hey, take a step back. The paper only requires X number of things. Just get the keynotes and focus on the end state and the strategical win, not the tactical. Like if you just get so tunnel visioned in on this tactical mindset. Sounds like you want to start with the
0: end first. You have to know where the objective, where you're trying to get and what it's going to take to get there.
1: And then come up with a plan that matches that goal and then stick to it. Absolutely. Yeah. You hit it right on the head with that one. Yeah. Always come up with your in-state and then plan left a bang from there. And
0: you can apply that from BRC all the way to how you're going to raise your kids. Just this is where I want to get and this is what we need to do to get there. Absolutely, yes. Since you've been pushing yourself as hard as you can since around 18, right, when you joined the military, over time the injuries catch up and you begin to slow down a bit. First, like mentally, how have you prepared for that or what stages have you gone through to accept that change? And then how do you deal with it? And then what tips can you give for other people that are going to go through this change as well? Because you're not always going to be able to run a five mile in 30 minutes. You're going to start to slow down over time.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I would say for the next group of men and women that are coming in to this profession, you are going to break down over time. Be smart about what you do with that uh, tactical patience like I mentioned. Come up with a plan and stick with that plan. Plenty of good workout programs or people to gyms that have like all these you know. to get fit for a ranger school or whatever i think that would be great monitoring your diet that's another huge one now that i i'm now starting to see you can't just eat that box of pizza and drink beer and then wake up next morning and go run forever i now have to like all right i have to make sure i'm eating the right avocados and (laughs) all the proper amount of eggs and then on top of that if you're starting to see the downfalls of you know age and whatnot or injuries that are starting to be more and more prevalent whether it's through work or play or sports, seek the treatment necessary. Don't try to play the card of, oh no, I'm just gonna not be a sick call ranger. And I'm not saying be a sick call ranger. I'm just saying that if you are hurt genuinely, uh, no one's gonna look out for you like you. You may have to go to sick call and get that proper treatment by a trained professional, not whatever the barracks doctor said that day. It was like, oh, just suck it up and take ibuprofen. That works when you're 18 for x amount of years and then it will all catch up to you one day
0: and make sure you get everything annotated as i've learned if you don't have it written down and some doctor signed the piece of paper you're gonna have
1: trouble at the va trying to seek help when you genuinely need it you absolutely are correct do not forget that annotation because i am still active duty and uh, making sure that you know I'm seeing the proper physicians that are actually amazing doctors that the military is providing you. Making sure that they're putting stuff down and saying the stuff because I'm my own best advocate of making sure my body looks out for myself. Because the guys to your left and right, they, they're they looking out for your best interests, but they're also mission-focused as well. Unbeknownst to them, may not be knowing what's best for you or feeling the same pain you're feeling when you're just trying to suck it up and finish up at school or finish out deployments. But ultimately, when you get back or while abroad or in a school, make sure you're getting the proper treatment so you're in the best fighting shape that you can be in to serve this nation.
0: Definitely. As far as mental preparation, so that people that come after you, next generation, what can they do once they realize, okay, I'm 25 now, I'm 30 now, 35, and my body's starting to slow down, but I still want to do these really exciting jobs, something that I really love, jumping out of airplanes. How do you change, prepare yourself for that slowdown? Like mentally is what I'm trying to say
1: a good strong support system like I had mentioned earlier it works both ways of someone who can preemptively help you out as well as when you fall down and stumble they can also lift you back up whether it's the same person or it the people change or you have people for specific things like I would talk to my dad for advice on ranger school or I'm going to talk to my best friend when I you know have my first heartbroken or whatever for myself now and for the people that are coming in find that support system I'm just fortunate enough to have a you know an amazing wife now that can help support me in all these times right now and mentally prepare me for schools or mentally reset me when I come back that's just my wife and my dog, obviously. Um, these are the things that I always need in my life and good friends. I cannot ever negate that part out. I've had amazing support systems of friends, which yourself is one of them. You know, you have helped me out along the way, whether or not it was wittingly or unwittingly beknownst to you that, yeah, you did help me out a lot of times. And now it's just my wife who's helping me out more. Yeah. So just always have that person. And if you're going to join the military, have a pen pal or something like a friend back home who you, are just going to constantly be writing back and forth, like, hey, man, I'm having a bad day today. I just want to put this on paper and send it off to you just so I can at least get those words and thoughts out. When I was going through some training, I had a lot of good friends. You know, when we were going through just BS stuff and schools and what have you. And I had one good friend at the time who I still keep in touch with, and he was just like, well, we're on the sinking ship together pretty much, so might as well just keep at it. <laughs>
0: yeah, man, that support system's huge. As you've mentioned, you were married to a lovely lady who's an amazing support system for you. Being married, how has your drive changed on trying to accomplish difficult challenges? Are you trying to go do the most extreme thing you can now, or has it toned down because your priorities have changed?
1: I think, you know, my perspectives absolutely have changed. I think with life, everything, you know, changes for better or for worse. I would like to think that everything I do while in or Whatever new adventures I have in my future are for my wife and my family because ultimately in the end, if it's not for her and my family, then what am I actually doing in the military? You know, what is my ultimate instate, like I was saying earlier? Like what's the ultimate grand strategy victory if it's not for these small little like tactical wins with her or making sure that she's happy? But she also sees... I make her happier when I'm happy being able to do these competitions, these difficult schools, or anything else along the way. So it's kind of a mutual back and forth of her allowing me to do competitions, schools, challenges to best make her happy in the end and you know make sure that she's getting all the attention that she needs as well. You
0: guys are a really good team, man. It's cool to see that. Thank you. Outside of the military, you also like to do competitions for yourself, adventure races, triathlons, things like that. A couple days ago, you did an event in Wyoming called The Picnic, and you didn't really prepare for it too much because you have a lot of responsibilities. You're married, you're going to college, you are currently active in the military. There's just a lot going on. How was the event first? And since you didn't really prepare for it physically, like, what was your mindset going through it?
1: Whatever that unofficial event is called, that people call The Picnic in Wyoming. Look it up on the internet. It's a pretty cool little event. I heard about it about a year ago. And it's a bike from a town to a swim in this massive lake and, you know, surrounded by mountains. And then you hike up this mountain, touch the top, and do everything in reverse order. And it's a little over 64 miles. And it was amazing. Uh, you and I did it together. We started super early in the morning. We definitely, or I personally, bit off a little more than I could chew, <laughs> uh, thinking that this was going to be some sort of walk in the park i mean it is called a picnic so well i thought it was going to be a picnic (laughs) (laughs) so let's start from the beginning so i yeah i've had a lot of responsibilities recently bestowed upon me and just trying to knock out as much as i can on my personal life my work life and then still satisfy the needs of you know hey enjoying time with my friends and, and having good times regardless of you know how much adverse effects work or family or school is bringing me you and i kicked off early 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 in the morning a lot earlier than I would have hoped for, but hey, that's that's what goes on. You and I had an amazing bike ride out there, just chasing that lightning storm and just watching like the light, the mountains just light up in the background behind all that lightning. Starting that swim super dark in the morning, I was like, man, this really really sucks. And uh, just enjoying time with my friends, you who was there with me. The hike definitely got to me, man. So I had not a lot of time to train up for this. I've had a few recent muscular skeletal injuries to my body for various reasons. They just all caught up to me during that competition. I'm not trying to pawn too much of it, injuries of what I was doing. I think ultimately just being there with friends and just enjoying that time and dude, that view at the very end. And I think that just was the capstone of everything and just seeing like, wow, that was well worth the adversity just to get to the top and see everything, knowing that it was all coming back to do everything all over again, going all downhill, the swim, the biking was back was definitely a lot more difficult than I thought I thought it was gonna be a little more downhill. But without much training, man, I think keeping in mind that having a good time with friends was my state, And that's what I enjoyed. And I had an amazing time doing that with you. Oh, I
0: appreciate that. I had a great time too. But I don't think people consider 64 miles rock climbing all these things in one day is considered fun. They don't? <laughs> so even
1: hanging out with friends, they're probably <laughs> getting annoyed, like, screw you. I think that's what makes up the best events is when you actually are yelling at your friends. Like we had uh, at a few times, you know, I think that's what makes those events more memorable. Type 2 fun, right? Type 2 fun. <laughs> yes. That was a little inside joke for all the listeners, so... So when we were hiking up there,
0: and you're like, wow, we still have a lot to go. The clouds are coming in. We weren't sure if it was going you know, to storm or anything like that. We actually got a little bit of snow at the top of the mountain. What was your mind going through? Because I know your legs were pretty stiff walking up it, and we weren't even halfway there yet.
1: My thought is just keep pushing forward. Pain sucks, man. It really does. I can be a true testament to that, but at the same time, it's either... You get knocked down and like, hey, my legs are uh, they're sore or, or I have a prior injury that's starting to re-engage in my body. And then I could just stop right there and like, hey, I'm going to call it. This was a fun day with me. You. I had a great time with my friends. Let's go back in town and have a beer. Or I think the biggest thing is just keeping that nose to the grindstone having a good time with your friends, just knowing that, Hey, everyone's in it. Like I know for a fact that you also were probably a little sore or you trained probably a lot harder than I did. And you might've had a little tweaks here and there that you're like, Oh man, I wish I would have trained a little harder on this, or I would like to hope that you did. <laughs> uh, but you know, knowing in the back of my mind that, Hey, he's also going through the same miseries that I am. So it's either I can just give up and say, Hey, wave the white flag and call it quits or just keep going. You and I, man, just keep pushing forward. Like, Dude, I was not going to – there was never a thought process that went through my mind like oh, once we got to the lower saddle of, hey, let's just go back, man. We was a, This is a good view. No, it was like the end state is that mountaintop. These are just little tactical victories. And I know I keep saying that, but it's true. This is why you know I think I enjoy some of this stuff so you can see this human nature of watching guys – yourself who was just pushing yourself or the mental focus that you had on the ice wall that you were you know climbing down you were like hey man i don't want to talk right now i'm just trying to focus on this one thing but that focus didn't lose the strategical victory of going to the top
0: yeah and there was a lot of that that came along with it but just the mental fortitude to push through even though it was a long walk was really impressive it just comes down to focusing
1: on your goals and sticking to the plan like you said having that in state of Hey, having a good time with my friends, touching the top of the Grand Teton, and then enjoying everything going back. So that way, when you're having these difficult moments of like, dude, my legs are sore, or my lungs are burning because of this altitude, I still have the mindset of, well, this is what I'm ultimately working towards. Definitely. Definitely.
0: I just remembered something that happened on the picnic that I would like to share. (laughs) We rode our bikes, we got to the lake, we got there in a pretty good time. You go to put on your wetsuit, you take off your shoes, and you realize that you're missing one sock. Somehow, you put on three socks out of four because you double layer it, and you're like, where's my sock? And you were... You were bummed. And there was a, a little bit of silence, and then I heard you sigh. I was like, hey, man, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, kind of bummed about my sock. This sucks. Fast forward about an hour later, we get across the lake, and we had to tow our bags that we put in a water bag. And when I go to open mine up, I realized that a lot of water got in my bag, and everything I had got soaked. I was bummed. And then you're like, (laughs) really casual, like, hey, man, let's not let it ruin the day
1: when an hour ago you were (laughs) sighing about a missing sock. Hey, in the end, life's about perspective, man. For me, it was my one sock, and you, was all about your wet clothes. (laughs) Like the whole hypothermia (laughs) setting in, and you might die because you're, yeah, no, that doesn't matter, but that one sock. Yeah, but that one sock changed my life on how I saw that event, man. (laughs) Ultimately, me bringing four extra pairs of socks saved you and your feet because I was able to loan you that extra pair. That
0: is true. You gave me a pair and I really do appreciate that because it would have sucked on those rocks with no socks.
1: Absolutely.
0: So with all this stuff, the picnic's now behind you. You did mention you're going to school. What's next for you? What are you looking forward to, and what's the next big
1: challenge? Uh, More work, I think, obviously, school, the dog, friends, my wife, most importantly. Always focusing on my next goal, which uh, those are kind of personal things. I think around Podcast 100, we'll uh, re-engage of what those (laughs) ultimately were
0: through everything you've been through and the strategies that you've come up with yourself to achieve these goals and to accomplish great feats. There are a lot of people around that have a hard time pushing themselves and taking on difficult challenges. They get timid, there's excuses, they're just afraid that they're not going to be able to achieve this goal. In my life, I've went through that too, where I didn't want to push myself. I was worried that I would fail. But you live your life by doing that constantly. It's not one thing. It's one thing after another, and you've been doing that for the last 10 plus years. So what advice would you have for those that wish to be more daring and bold?
1: A majority of the things that I have done, I uh, I never did by myself. My life I'm living right now, I'm you know an amazing woman, partner in life, who's just helped me out a lot. But I think the biggest thing that you know they teach us in basic training, AIT, ranger school, sniper school, dive school, deployments, entering and clearing a room, everything. I'll start with basic, you have your battle buddy, you know, in airborne school you have your airborne buddy. In dive school you have your dive buddy. In sniper school you have your sniper buddy. I think you're kind of seeing the common theme here. And when you enter and clear that room, in any military training will they ever teach you to go into a room by yourself. So ultimately having a partner. And whatever it is you do that can assist you along the way, who can support you along the way, who can can give you an extra pair of socks, who can give you an extra pair of socks, who can, you know, put that boot in your ass when they say, hey, man, we're slowing down a little bit and this storm is coming. Everything in life, you need a partner. If you're going to go out and have a good time with your friends that night, make sure you have someone who's responsible, who can also see The room in a different way. Or if you're going to go on a dive, make sure you have a dive buddy who is also looking out for you or a swim partner. If you're going to do anything in life, make sure you have that partner who can assist you in any way. Or if you're thinking about joining the military, like I said, talk to a mentor or a friend, or most importantly, I would say (laughs) probably reach out to this podcast and be like, Hey, I'm thinking about joining the military. What should I do? And now you're that guy. Or maybe one day it'll all go full circle for yourself and Somebody be reaching out to you and asking you for that advice now.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's what precombatcheck.com is for. You just made a great point with having a buddy system. The examples you gave were great from every course you go through, you need someone. As far as the individual, when you want to take on something that's outside your realm of comfort, what can you do to
1: set yourself up for success there? Self-educate. That's, I think, the easiest answer I could give. Everything you need to do, the resources are out there. Self-educate, you know, if I am being really bad at my run times, I need to do better. I'm probably going to go on YouTube or on the internet and like, I need to work on these run times. They're not where I'm at, or hey, my shooting is not that good. There's other people who are a lot smarter than myself, you know, get the resources from them, learn from their failures, or uh, if you're just the greatest and best dude in the world and you know all this stuff, then write a book. So. Someone else can learn from those failures or those advantages that you learned along the way. So I would think that being able to push yourself, not necessarily just physically all the time, but educate yourself and make sure that triangle of not in the religious aspect, but spiritually, physically, and mentally, that you're all encompassing and that you're not just a one-bladed tool.
0: Yeah, you want to be a well-rounded person.
1: Absolutely, yeah. A very well-rounded person that can take on whatever life's challenges that are coming your way.
0: And that was a very good point you made with education. Knowledge is power. The more you know, the better you can approach something. And I know you can accomplish a lot more things in life just by simply knowing what's available out there and then reaching out to people. And with the internet and YouTube and so many resources that are free, you don't really have an excuse not to be the best that you can be. You just got to get out there, be motivated and know what you want to get to. And you can definitely accomplish it. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. Yeah,
1: that's exactly it.
0: Yeah, right on, man. Is there any other advice you want to tell people thinking of joining the military
1: or? Reach out to people. I'm not saying this because it's your podcast. I'm saying this to anything. Like, hey, if you're thinking about joining the military or special operations or you just want to be a cook in the military, reach out to maybe a cook in the military or, you know, reach out to this podcast. Again, I want to preface saying that I'm not being paid for by this podcast. Reach out to these people. That's what this stuff is for. And I know all these people always are willing to talk and would want to display themselves as the best recruiter that they can or the best ambassador of their organization if you reach out to someone like hey i really like all the work that you're doing think about joining the military and they tell you just like hey don't talk to me kid then i think we lost as a society of what we're actually working for if anyone's listening to this and they're trying to get the knowledge of what exactly they want get the knowledge from someone who's actually doing it firsthand of hey man I'm doing this on a day-to-day basis. This is what my job is like. You as that soldier, sailor, airman, or Marine, or Coast Guardsman, they can be the best ambassador for their organization, you know, and be a good steward of their profession. That's great advice, man.
0: That just about wraps it up. I really appreciate you being here and dispensing this knowledge. I hope that college goes well for you. You got to finish it, crush it, and let me know when the next event
1: is. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Absolutely. And I would love to do another competition with you, man. Definitely not the picnic. The wife said that's never to happen again. (laughs) (laughs) Never, ever. (laughs) Ever, ever, ever. (laughs) Cool, man. Well, thanks for being here. Take it easy. Thank you
0: very much. And that wraps up another episode of the Pre-Combat Check podcast. Go to the website, precombatcheck.com, for more information. Check out my book on Amazon called The Call of the Warrior, A Veteran's Guide to Life and Joining the Military. Please subscribe, hit five stars, and leave an awesome comment to show support. Stay tuned to hear from more veterans and current military members.